Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Nevertheless She Persisted, a podcast with Sadie Sutton. Today I'm here with Kayla. Hello. And we're going to talk about anxiety and worries and what it's like to have anxiety, our experiences. All that jazz. All the fun things. So I'm 16. I'm 15. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit, brief bit about yourself. So I grew up in Texas and I've lived my entire life there. Uh, my parents got divorced whenever I was in fifth grade. Um, and my mom is still currently living in the house that I came home from the hospital to. So, yeah. I don't know. My world's been pretty small up until the past year, whenever I, like, started my whole treatment journey, like, going to outpatient and then wilderness and now here at a boarding school. So, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Should we just start at the beginning? Yeah, sure. What is, like your first memory of, like, being anxious or having anxiety about something. Um, I always think these are so funny because they're, like, over the worst things ever. (laughs) Um, whenever I was in, like, kindergarten, I remember being, like, like, coming home from school and telling my mom about all these cool girls who had, like, cool clothing and, like, me wanting to be like them and small things like that. Like, I remember one girl got an iPod for, in one of her Easter eggs, I think, and I was like, that is what? so cool. I know, right? In an Easter egg? I know, that's oh, really what ridiculous. That? <laughs> it's really stupid, but at the time I was, like, so jealous, and I was like, Mom, Well, I'm like, jealous. I'm, I know, right? <laughs> like, I just want to be them. And she was like, like, you need to be yourself. And I was like, but I want myself to be them. Yeah. Um. So that's probably, like, my first dosage of me not being comfortable with myself and me, like, wanting to be other people, which I consider anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know when I was really, I think it was, like, first grade, but I had a group of friends, and it was, like, when people were starting to do sleepovers, I was, like, only one year into this school, but this girl, like, major Disney fanatic, like, Disneyland every weekend, all that kind of stuff, and she was, like, I'm having this sleepover, Okay. And she was like, it's on, like, Tuesday or something, which was, like, a school night. And I was like, okay. And she was like, it's going to be so fun. We're going to camp in the backyard, and we're going to put balloons on top of the tent, and we're going to fly to Disneyland, like, an up. And then we'll wake up, and we'll go skiing and sing with the chipmunks from the Squeakwools. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm I'm coming. Yes, all right. And I like went home and I was like, Mom, she's having. I don't. Should I say a name? Go for it. I was like, Mom, Mackenzie's like having the sleepover. Like, I, I, I have to go. And she was like, I haven't heard anything about it. Like, I haven't gotten an email. Um, and I was like, literally in the first grade, like, no one goes to someone's house. <laughs> the parents mm-hmm. have communicated. And I was like, She, she told me. Like, she, she said it's happening. We're going in the tent to Disneyland. Like, I have to be at the sleepover, Mom. <laughs> Um, and she was like, I'm sorry, like, you can't go unless I hear something about it. And so I remember going to school next day, and I was just so anxious that people were going to be going, and I wasn't. And I had to, like, tell them, I'd be like, I I can't go to the sleepover. And I was just, like, so upset about it. Um, but 
the... And then a couple days later, I was talking about it with my other friend who was supposed to go, and she was like, you know, my mom said I could go also, but then your mom talked to Mackenzie's mom, and Mackenzie's mom had no idea. So then she was calling all these moms, and I almost showed up at her house for no reason. And I was like, oh, okay. So there was no fly to Disneyland, but I had hope. Oh, man. I want to fly to Disneyland in a tent. Yes. Yes, that was a really long story, so I was anxious that I'd be, like, missing out on yeah. have to tell people that I couldn't do something. That would be yeah, dude, to do. FOMO is real. The yeah. fear of missing out is, like, totally a thing. Yeah. And it's, like, I, like, hate that term so much because FOMO. you, yeah, you yeah. always think of it as, like, oh, fear, like, you're gonna see people hanging out. Mm-hmm. But, like, whenever I get that, I'm, like, literally sitting in the same room and I'm, like, yeah. I'm just not... Like, yeah. 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 For me, it's like anything from like, I don't know, going to a restaurant and like seeing my friends hanging out without me mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, they're, they're all like simultaneously not texting me and I'm like, they're totally like talking about me in a different group chat or something or even like sitting in the same room with them and they're having a conversation about something that I have nothing, like I don't know anything about. Yeah. So, Yeah. You literally, every single flavor of social anxiety that could possibly exist is present. For me, I never realized that, like, what I was having was anxiety until after the first time I was in the hospital. Because before then, I was just, like, in, like, a constant state of, like, numbness and depression. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I understood what was going on, so it lifted. Like, I wasn't just, like, numb and misunderstanding, but Mm -hmm. I was, like... It immediately reverted to anxiety, and it was constantly an influx, so I was too depressed to be anxious about something, or I was so anxious, mm-hmm. um, which, like, really didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I just remember after that point, like, my parents noticed that I was much more fidgety and restless. Anxiety, like, took much more attention from me than, like, mm-hmm. it did before. Yeah, um, for me, like, I didn't even know that anxiety was, like, a term, yeah. Um, and until I was in, like, second or third grade, mm-hmm. and then whenever I did figure out it was a term, I thought, like, this is an adjective, and I didn't know that it was a, like, considered a mental illness mm-hmm. or something like that until, like, eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, pretty late into my anxiety spiel did I even know that it existed. Yeah. So... I feel like that was kind of, like, I don't want to say incapacitating, but, like, kind of limited me because I thought that it was a normal thing Mm -hmm. that just no one talked about, which kind of played to me having, like, really, really um, struggled throughout my life with, like, sharing my emotions and being vulnerable with people. Yeah. So, yeah. What did, like, that anxiety look like for you? Like, what did that feel like? It presented in so many ways. It would be, like... Me struggling to wake up for school in the mornings, it would be Because you were, like, too anxious. You were anxious about, like, what would happen at school. Uh, All of the things. Yeah. Like, me avoiding schoolwork and then me getting extremely anxious about having to tell my teachers that I didn't do my homework. So, an obvious solution in my eyes was just to not go to school and then I would miss more and then it would just be, like, this terrible downward spiral. And then my social life, I just constantly assumed that everyone hated me at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, which I convinced myself was so I wouldn't ever be disappointed, in quotes. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but in reality... I've used that it, one before. Yeah. Expect the just, worst. Something better is always going to yeah, happen. Yeah, totally. Um, but I just, like, lived a life of disappointment and sadness and fear. Yeah. Um, and never really had any true friends because I never really trusted anyone. To ask for what you need and what <laughs> you want and ask and have asking a request or having a request for someone might be part of that. So everyone is entitled to advocate for themselves and ask for nice. something. Okay, so going back to the first one I gave you, <laughs> where it's the myth that, and you, like, say that you're saying this, I don't deserve to get what I want or need. How would you challenge that? If you have that thought. Mm. Like, oh, here's a good example. Today we ordered takeout because our <laughs> counters are getting resealed. <laughs> And I was pretty, I was pretty pushy. I was like, Ruby, we are going to Crepefine. We're not going to get Barracuda or T Plus. Like, I really want to get Crepefine. And you said, um, this is happening again. It doesn't matter what I want because you're just going to get angry. So we're going to do what you want. So that's you mm-hmm. pretty much having that belief that you don't deserve to get what you want or what you need. Uh-huh. So how would you challenge that belief? I am allowed to ask for something that mm-hmm. I would want or need and I am not allowed to be like pushed around by other people and their opinion and their like requests and stuff so like you're challenging that by saying I have wants and needs and that's valid and that's okay and that's part of being human do you have questions you want answered about therapy depression or anxiety email sadiesutton.nsp at gmail.com or reach out via direct messages on any of the Nevertheless She Persisted social media accounts linked in today's episode notes. You can also leave a voice message on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Okay, the last one that I'm going to do is... Actually, there's two more that I think are really good. One of them is, I must be really inadequate if I can't fix this myself. And I can challenge that by saying, I can't fix everything myself, and it's okay to ask for help from other people. Is there another way you would challenge that? Yeah, like, it's okay to ask for help on something, Mm -hmm. because as humans, everyone either makes mistakes or isn't able to, you know, complete everything. There is no perfect person around the world, so everyone is able to try. Um, Okay, and the last challenge, or the last myth we're going to challenge is, obviously the problem is just in my head. If I would just think differently, I wouldn't have to bother everyone else. And I would challenge this by saying... To be effective, sometimes I need help. Thoughts are very hard to change. How else would you challenge that, Ruby? Yeah, I would say, like, wait, one of them. Obviously, the problem is just in my head. If I would think differently, I wouldn't have to bother anyone, anybody else. Well, one thing that really stands out to me there is, like, having to bother someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not bothering them. You're just getting what you need and asking for it. And then if the problem's just in your head, I mean, sometimes that is true, but other times... It really isn't, and you need to just talk about it. So, like, asking for help. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) So, for the rest of the episode, this overview on interpersonal effectiveness, we're going to talk about clarifying priorities and goals in your interpersonal situations. And next episode, we're going to do the Dear Man skill, and the episode after that, we'll do Give and Fast. So, clarifying priorities in interpersonal situations. So, Ruby, I want you to think about, I want to think you to think about a situation that created a problem for you. Maybe your, like, values or your wishes weren't being restric- respected. Um, you wanted someone to change something. 
you wanted to say no, etc., etc. What's a situation that we could use? Um, a situation where I wasn't getting what I needed. Or, or a situation where a problem arose for you. For me, but not the other person necessarily. It could be the other person. Okay. Um, one example of a situation like that would be when I was just a random problem. Um, <laughs> or like yeah, just a situation that your values weren't respected, you wanted someone to do something differently, you needed to say no. Oh, I got into a disagreement with my friend at school, and she wouldn't apologize, and I felt a little bit disrespected because I had apologized to her, and she yeah. hadn't done as I had requested, which would Perfect. be Perfect. So apology. you needed a repair in that situation from someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was the prompting event? Like, what made the surprise? Mm-hmm. Who did what to whom? What led up to it? What about the situation is the problem for you? Um, she had told one of her other friends that I was, like, saying mean stuff to other people, which didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, very confused and got a little frustrated. I was like, hey, why would you go around saying that? And I just immediately accused her of that, mm-hmm. which I probably shouldn't have done. I should have gone in it with just some more calmness. And then she kind of defended herself immediately as like very understandably and said I didn't do that but I had had like three other people tell me she had Mm -hmm. so then I said hey I'm really sorry I didn't if it felt like I was doing that I did not I'm really sorry I didn't mean to do anything like that and in the future maybe if you could tell me when it sounds like I'm doing that and I can stop so that it doesn't sound like I'm trying to like say something mean about someone else so you confronted your friend about talking about you behind your back Mm -hmm. Um, and the problem for you was that she had been talking about you Uh and you didn't feel like there had been a repair. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about your objectives for what you want, the relationship and your self-respect. So what specific result did you want from this situation? What did you want this person to do, stop or accept? Um, in this situation, I wanted this person to apologize to me. Um, after I had apologized to Mm -hmm. them and then maybe go back and tell the people who she had, you know, whispered to about me that she was sorry that she had done that and that that's not true because... Okay, so you wanted to repair, um, which for you meant an apology and then her circling back to the people and Mm -hmm. saying that what happened wasn't true. Yeah. Okay, so for your relationship, how did you want the other person to feel and think about you because of how you handled the interaction? Um, I would want the other person to think of me as, I mean, mature in a way because mm-hmm. I was able to, like, handle my emotions. Um, and, like... Maybe interpersonally effective? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> totally. Um, so, you want them to think that you're mature. Anything else? Interpersonally effective. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then, as far as your self-respect, how do you want to think or feel about yourself because of how you handled the interaction? Um, how do I want to think of myself? I w- And you want to keep in mind that this is not dependent on whether you get that repair from the other person. Mm-hmm. No matter what the outcome is, what do you want to think and feel about yourself? I would want to feel happy and proud because... Happy because I would know that no matter what she said, I knew that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. So I would just feel like, okay, I know maybe I didn't do something in this situation, but, you know, I'm just going to not worry about it. I'm just going to go on my day 
Oh, ow, that hurt. Or, and I would feel proud of myself because I was able to, in that moment, use my DBT skills to look at the disagreement in a different way and yeah. come out of it feeling, you know, good about it based mm-hmm. on the yeah, outcome. It's so, that's such a good Thank response. You. <laughs> um, okay, so I want you to rank your priorities. So one is the most important, two, second, third, least important. Mm-hmm. So between objectives, which we talked about was a repair, the yeah. relationship, which was that you want to be seen as mature mm-hmm. and for yourself, you want to feel proud for how you acted. What is the most important? What is kind of neutral and what is least important? I would say the most important thing would be to get their repair. So objective number one. Mm -hmm. Okay. The second, I think, would be, for me, just some self... The The self-respect. My Mm self-respect, just because then in the future, it's kind of like positive reinforcement. I know we talked Mm -hmm. about that a couple episodes ago. It kind of helps. It helps boost yourself, your self-awareness and your ability to be... um, you know, your ability to be proud of how the way you handled mm-hmm. it. And then third, probably the relationship, but not to say that I don't value the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. And you're just... evaluating <laughs> how you want to approach the situation. Mm-hmm. So you are, first and foremost, you're going into this situation wanting the repair. Second, you want to make sure that you feel good about yourself and you're mm-hmm. proud of how you acted. And third, you want to be seen as mature and respectful. So, is there any, um, like, imbalances or conflicts between your priorities that make it hard to be effective with your object- your, your goal of getting your objective in this situation? Um, the Maybe thing... you'll feel, like, guilty about asking that from her. Is there anything like that? I think that the only thing I would feel that would, like, between my first objective and my self-respect and my first objective, which would be the repair, mm-hmm. would be me not fully getting that repair but just going straight to feeling very proud of my accomplishment for using my skills yeah and then not recognizing that I still do need something from the other person in order Mm -hmm. to reach my second goal yeah and then later so maybe you would forget that your first goal is the objective and and the moment Mm -hmm. get consumed with the the happiness around your self-respect being met yeah gotcha okay um but then also, like, making sure she feels the same about how mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. Okay, that was awesome. That was perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, this is actually kind of funny. So, this I did 12 days after I got to Three East, and I filled this out for when you and Mom and Dad were late to come visit me. Do you remember when you brought me dinner and we sat in the fishbowl? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I said, it's the same activity that we just did with Ruby, but I did this February 26, 2018. So the prompting event was that parents and siblings were late to visit. It was from, they were there from five to seven instead of from four to six. So what in the situation was a problem was that I was anxious, I was feeling hopeless, worried, lonely, and depressed. So checking the facts, it was a misunderstanding about time and it was an honest mistake that had been made. So even though I felt so upset that you guys were late, it was an honest mistake and a miscommunication in time. Mm -hmm. So... I said, what specific results do I want? I said, I wanted to communicate to how them being late made me feel to them and get an apology, as mm-hmm. well as validating. Um, for the relationship, I wanted to be seen as skillful and having good communication. Mm-hmm. And for my self-respect, I wanted to feel good, productive, and that my prior- priorities were met 
and then I prioritized well. So I prioritized my self-respect, then the objective, and then the relationship. Mm-hmm. So the imbalances and conflicts were that I waited to bring this up again. I didn't want to communicate my emotions and thoughts. So I don't know if I ever actually said any of this to you guys. No. No. <laughs> but I did fill out the worksheet yes. about that interaction. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, so really quickly, a review about what we just talked about, which is clarifying goals. So objective effectiveness is getting what you want from another person. So it's obtaining your rights. It's getting another person to do something that you want to do. It's saying no to an unwanted or unreasonable request. It's resolving an interpersonal conflict and getting your opinion of you taken seriously. Some questions you might ask are, what specific results or changes do I want from this interaction? And what do I have to do to get these results and what will work? So relationship effectiveness is keeping improving the relationship. So it's acting in such a way that the other person keeps liking and respecting you. It's balancing your immediate goals with the good of the long-term relationship. And maintaining whatever relationships matter to you. So the question you'll ask yourself is how do I want the other person to feel about me after the interaction is over, regardless of the result? And what do I have to get or keep in this relationship? So for self-respect effectiveness, you're keeping or improving self-respect. So you're respecting your own values and beliefs. You're acting in a way that makes you feel moral and acting in a way that makes you feel capable and effective. So your questions you're asking yourself is how do I want to feel about myself after the interaction is over, regardless of the outcome? And what do I have to do to feel that way about myself? What will be effective? So as we'll talk about in the next two episodes, when you're trying to get objective effectiveness, you're using a skill called dear man. When you're doing relationship, you're using skills called give and think. And when you're prioritizing self-respect, you're using a skill called fast. So now that we know how to clarify what our goal is and decide what we want to focus on, next episodes, we're going to learn the skills that you can implement those goals and truly be effective. Awesome. Sounds great. So thank you for coming on today, Ruby. I'm excited to record with you you again on Thursday. Yeah! Yay! Um, I might have volleyball, but I think I can go. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for listening. Hopefully this was helpful. Any yes. last thoughts? <laughs> Never let she persist. Oh my God. Follow, like, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, so... Hopefully this was helpful. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Alright, bye! Never let she persisted. If you enjoyed this week's episode of Nevertheless, She Persisted, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends and family. To stay updated on new episodes dropping and bonus content, follow the Nevertheless, She Persisted Instagram at Nevertheless Podcast with SS, the Twitter account at She Persisted underscore SS, the Facebook at Nevertheless, She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Sutton, and check out my blog, Nevertheless, She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Sutton dot photo dot blog. And don't worry, all of these are linked in today's episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening. P.S. Nevertheless, she persisted.